Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Master Your Mental. I am so excited to introduce you to my guest. We have Michelle LaRue here, who has over 40 years experience living with bipolar and has over 22 years experience stable with bipolar. He is actually born right outside of Paris and is now in living in Portugal with his wife. And he does a lot of work in the, in the community for helping others living with bipolar along with organizing different cultural events as well. So I wanted to bring him on here to share a little bit about his story, his experiences living with bipolar and the solutions that he's come across and the tips and what's worked for him and others that he has helped. So Michelle, Thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to get into your story. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. Um, do you want me to 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 summarize what, what I've been through? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Um, well, the, the interesting thing, I guess, is that I, well, I'm bipolar one, and I uh, had my first episode when I was uh, 17, uh, and uh, I went pretty early at the kind of university, so to say. Um, and, uh, well, I was under the pressure competition of the school and, uh, I mentioned it because it's a kind of pattern. Um, I got a little depressed because I had difficulties to, uh, to, to get the right figures to stay in this school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I reacted on it very, uh, heavily because I just uh, decided to, to work day and night and, uh, and then, you know, I did not know, nobody knew, but uh, uh, I got this kind of hypomanic phase, which was not named like this at this time, but um, more and more energy and up to kind of uh, brilliance uh, within the, the university. Everyone happy, my father happy and so on. But uh, the thing is, uh, at a certain, certain point, I got really uh, manic and psychotic and I... I, I thought I saw God, something like this. And um, this was the turning point where I just, uh, you know, uh, decided that the school wasn't uh, enough, that I had to save the world. And I left home with the human rights book in my hand. And I got caught by the police something like uh, two days after, waking, walking like um, half naked, uh, on the streets and being totally, totally into a kind of mystical experience. And I just uh, land in a, in the hospital for three months. And uh, this was a totally a uh, shock for everyone, of course, because from a promising young man, I, I came to this crazy, uh, crazy zone, which is the sacrifice hospital. And uh, after this, a huge depression. And, uh, well, I, I, I learned what was a depression. And I learned at this time that uh, depression is something with a beginning and the, and the end, uh, fortunately. But I really had to uh, crawl my way back uh, because it was, I was really, really down, down. But... Uh, uh, I could get myself together thanks to the help of my family. Uh, and uh, I don't want to go too deep in the details, of course, but you know, it's the, from you can do anything, then there is something, a kind of a, a little door which opens, and then it's for you to take the challenge to get better. And so I starting, uh, I, I had like 15 kilos uh, uh, extra, uh, but I, got back to sports uh i, I 
I just um, I went back until the the first signs of really a feeling of hope came came to me, and then I got back to school and I got my I could just follow up the school uh, courses, and this was my my first episode. Uh, many people thought that it was the, like one time thing. It was called at this time manic depression, but they thought okay he's young maybe uh, it's just this. And then I, I met my wife, we got kids. I think I tried to protect myself, like taking a, a job which was pretty secure. But you know, the natural comes always back together. I'm a pretty, uh, let's say, dynamic, creative person. And, and then I got my second uh, episode while uh, I was uh, having a promotion and uh, same thing get a little depressed uh, because it's a big challenge because I was a promising also young guy in this company. And uh, I reacted on it and I started working like crazy, literally. And uh, I at one time, and then I was like 27, 28, I was on one hand trying to launch a new daily paper uh, with someone who believed in me because, you know, I was pretty credible but this was really very ambitious and at night i was producing a hip-hop band because mm -hmm. i you know i didn't need uh, i thought i didn't need uh, any sleep and i was just taking like every opportunity to shine so to say took a distance with my wife uh who didn't know what it was first uh she thought wow this guy is you know uh, dynamic brilliant visionary whatsoever but uh it was uh for the second time, uh, hypomania, mania. Mm. And uh, I, I just, uh, well, thanks to uh, my relatives, also to my colleagues, uh, I'm, I got like quotes before it went really too, too far, you know, and I got hospitalized again. And uh, uh, then again, packed myself together. And then we, we had discussions with my wife and uh, we thought that it was good also for the kids. They were three and five to move to the Netherlands. We were in Paris. Um, and then I thought, you think you learn, but then, uh, you know, um, uh, several years pass by and you get more and more like, uh, yeah, responsible and ambition comes again, but still, life is too sounds like too normal to you and i was mm -hmm. then nostalgic about my highs because thing is you this feeling is so huge and so so overwhelming and so so good in my case when i came back to let's say normal life i was still vulnerable to uh, to relapse and that's what happened i met a younger woman who took me, it was in the mid '80s to the um, electronic scene of uh, Amsterdam. So mm -hmm. this was a kind of um, release for me to, you know, just to, f to try to feel to approach the feeling I had. And then I was not maniac, but I was, I think, hypomaniac. But then two years, two years after, I really, um, I, I think I, I had my ultimate explosion. Uh, I left uh, home and I went to live um, 
in a kind of a squat a community of people um, I met pretty random. And I spent like six months living this very alternative life, mm-hmm. uh, carpe diem. But then I think I really burnt my mind and my, my body. And uh, after this, I just, uh, uh, I, I think I really surrendered. In the meantime, my wife divorced uh, uh, from me, also well, to protect herself and the kids as well. And after uh, an hospitalization, I landed in a, really in a, in, a, in a shitty room space. I was really rock bottom. And that's where I really um, uh, accepted that, uh, you know, I couldn't play anymore with bipolar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have to mention that in the meantime, I was under medication, lithium, but I just stopped it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I came back to myself, then I had a heavier medication and then came this momentum where I thought, okay, uh, you, you have to do something about, about yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to share with others things you need to reset. You need to change something in you. And I think the change, the main word, the key word was, uh, acceptance. Mm. And by wow. me, by you know, by acceptance, I would say not only accepting that you are bipolar, but also mm-hmm. involving your ex-wife at this time, uh, your kids, your friends, your colleagues into it, and share and tell and ask how they felt about you being like this. So I, I went mm-hmm. to like twenty people with a tape recorder and asked every time. Mm-hmm. How did you experience my bipolar? You know, it was very, very painful uh, when it's your father, mother, ex-manager, friends who just tell about how they saw you uh, in these phases, you know, uh, yeah. which is, I think, needed wow. because otherwise you just, you have one side of your story. It's your story. Oh, and this man. is what a turning point, but I don't want to, to take the whole hour talking about myself. Yeah, no, that's especially just hearing you go from, so at 17 years old, having your the first episode and then going from the hospitalization, like you talk about three months in the hospitalization and then getting a divorce and then moving. And then the, the, all these different changes. Cause I find that's something that can be like a trigger of, even if it's good changes, you know, like big changes that are happening with getting a promotion and then, you know, be dealing with all these things. But I love how you talk about the piece of acceptance and then involving your support system and having a support system. And then, you know, turning this into something that used to be a huge obstacle for you, really stripped so much away from you and then using it to help other people. And then I love how you also talked about going in basic and almost interviewing people in your life of what is what is your experience been like me with with my bipolar and then hearing from them, because I feel like that's such a good way to learn and then see the patterns and what's coming up. Because like you mentioned too, with lithium, that's also the medication that I've um, been on when I, when I went through my diagnosis and with bipolar one as well. So hearing you talk about that and share your experiences, I relate so much, but I love how you wanted to frame this episode around the bright side of bipolar, because I feel like for so much, it can be the negative side, right? Of, oh, these medications don't work. 
or, oh, this, you know, therapy is not working or you're having issues with relationships or working or jobs or friends. And it's all of these different things that keep stacking up where you just feel like nothing's working and it really affects your mindset. So what, what was the change for you? Like what things did you change in your life to be able to be where you are of having over 22 years of being stable with living with bipolar? Well, first, you know, the, the, the basics, I would say, having a, the proper lifestyle, you mm-hmm. know, sleep, fooding, uh, exercise, and medication. Mm-hmm. So uh, this, this was my, let's say, my, my refoundation, something I, I did, but I stopped because I wasn't yet convinced. And, you know, 20 years ago, I just got convinced that this was the basis. And at the same time, um, you know, that's the, this debate of do you have or do you or are you bipolar and so on. For me, it's pretty, it's pretty uh, um, blurry, the frontier between having and being. And knowing that you have it for life uh, and uh, also through sharing, knowing that there are patterns to be identified, I just uh, first... I just um, made a kind of a sales sport, but also a team sports out of it to uh, identify the, uh, the, 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 the events or the moments uh, or the uh, could be also places whatsoever, which could be a, a trigger and sharing very openly about it as if bipolar was a kind of a third thing. You know, we, we talk about it it's it's i mean it's not michel it's not paris it's just it's just uh, uh something we can talk about with no you know it's it's just um like talking about any kind of uh, a disease so it makes it much easier but it needs it needs for you to inform people about it and still and that's the let's say the bright side of it it's um uh, the way i am the way i've always been uh uh, like, I think you know, like like um, a creative guy, uh, but willing to to make his, his dream come through. You know, like uh, also mm-hmm. very much in the doing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I really put on the table, and I talked through with my wife and with also with my kids and so on. And the paradox is that uh, maybe the twenty last years have never been so entrepreneurial or creative or you know because we define our boundaries and i say we and it's i think freedom is when you choose your own boundaries that's the definition of freedom it's not being all over the place feeling brilliant the real freedom which goes with responsibility is when you define with your people these boundaries and within these boundaries i was able to uh, launched my uh, company, uh, which was a creative agency, to to do uh, uh, some uh, um, non-profit uh, cultural events in Africa, to to do many things from which we we you might think mm, it might be a trigger, but it, it was done in a proper way with the support of my wife, with whom we remarried, uh, by the way, uh, because <laughs> I think um, what what I showing that i was accepting and showing that i was responsible responsible and we the love was always there uh, anyway mm-hmm. but 
I mean, bipolar is the ultimate test for love. Uh, mm -hmm. If someone still loves you after so many episodes and events, uh, yeah, then you can you wow. talk about you uh, talk about love. So that's amazing, and I I love how you get get into like all of the work that you've done, especially with the cultural events in Africa, and then la launching your company, and then working on these things, but then also going back to acceptance, and then being able to speak about it, like you say, so openly yeah. instead of having that stigma and the shame that sometimes can be very scary in the beginning to open up and say. You know, I've had these experiences. I've been hospitalized, or you know, I've struggled with this for a long time, and it's caused me these issues in my life of having these different things that were going on. But you really did the work, like you said, like having this routine and establishing getting back into like sleep, food, exercise, medications, working on things, and then having that support system of your wife and kids, and then telling them about your experiences and show, and then also identifying the moments, like you said, and the events that caused you to feel this way where you're having all these different experiences with the highs and the lows of being able to know what those are. So I think that's a really, really good way to, you know, look to the bright side of things, because like you said, you know, what, and going back into this, you know, whether or not you have a diagnosis of bipolar, it really does. We have something in our life that is the ultimate test that pushes you, whether it be bipolar or something else that you've dealt with, experienced, struggled with, that you can open up about and share with people of you know where you were and the changes that you made. Because I find that to be extremely helpful for me, you know, when I see other people who also are, have diagnosis of bipolar and they say, this is something that's worked for me or something that I changed or I tried mm -hmm. because you never know what you can come across that can really be a big solution. So having that mm -hmm. and the, and then also getting remarried too, of having, you know, the separation and then coming back together. And, you know, I would love to hear too, like, what types of things do you do today to maintain where you are at? Um, I think the, today, uh, um, today I'm, I'm living, uh, when I told you that I was living uh, the, the dream, mm -hmm. I think um, uh, there again, it's a common dream. You know, mm -hmm. when I said bipolar is a team sport, it's not only mine, it's also my wife's dream where we are in, in the beautiful nature, um, uh, having also a very balanced life, uh, also thanks to nature, uh, meeting people in a, in a, in a good way, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Um, uh, you exercise because you have to be active in a farm. So you, it's not like mm -hmm. if you had to go to the gym because it's one of the things you have your 12 steps or whatsoever you have to, you know. Um, uh, I think uh, I made a ritual from what is needed to, uh, to, to be well. So I was mentioning that um, uh, I think with all the experiences uh, I've got from bipolar, all the situations and so on, uh, I really developed my, my self-knowledge and uh, not only me, I'm me and my wife. Um, and that's, that's uh, how we decided to shape an environment which is really suitable for uh, being healthy, but also, you know, to, to be uh, creative. Because I think the only fact that we took this farm, in a way, 
I'm not sure if wasn't if I wasn't bipolar, would have I done it because mm-hmm. and that's also the bright side for me is that I think you on one hand the experiences you accumulate they make you wise if you make a strength out of it. Yes. And the other thing, the other dimension is that there is I think we've got a kind of a intuitive intelligence or creative intelligence not to generalize but I, I think it's also something which makes you dare mm-hmm. being, you know, and that's it was pretty bold for us because we we are in the middle of nowhere so to say even though we are just you know we're not in in the big city where and it's going in spite of the covid and so on it's going very well mm-hmm. and people even talk about um uh they, they say magic place the place was magic before even we bought it but i think the humanity uh, uh if i took because i host most uh, most of the time the people but the this is the real blessing the the uh um uh let's say awareness the uh, tolerance mm-hmm. the non-judgmental yeah. uh you you develop while being bipolar while having been through through all these things meeting a lot of people in difficulties and so on it grows your humanity uh yes. and that's you know yeah, no, I love I love that you talk about that, like the tolerance for it, the acceptance, and then being able to grow that self-love for yourself and not knowing if you would have been able to have this without the experiences you had with bipolar. I absolutely love that. And just tying it back into having that su- support system and then you know involving everybody in your life with it and not having to carry that shame anymore. Yeah. And really what you've done with it is incredible. So I I love just being able to hear, you know, going from when you talk about being 17 having the having the experiences being hospitalized for all of those months and then loot and then losing the marriage and then move and then having these difficulties with your with the job and then going through all of that but still continuing to do the work and then really make changes to your lifestyle and noticing the things that are pulling you down and are triggering like when you're not getting the sleep like when you're not you know doing the things that you're talking about with your body getting outside where you live being in such a beautiful place and being out in in nature like you mentioned is so healing but i i just loved being able to speak with you about this and just really hear the pieces of your story so far and how you've str- had over 40 years experience with this and then turning into something so if you could share with me the one most powerful lesson that you've learned from helping others living with bipolar what is that i think it's the the um the accomplishments the real accomplishments when you open up when you decide to share and to talk like to normalize the uh the the dialogue around bipolar uh and the fact that because of your luggage, you are capable to sense someone and help this someone to find a purpose or, or you know, find an, a goal, uh, which is for me crucial. If you want to be better, start with your human qualities and um, uh, the, the rest will, will follow. Yes. And of course, all the fundamentals are very important. But when I coach people, when I, I, I feel that someone is taking just the right decision and then the right direction and, and you know, and you, you follow this person or not, but you, there is this kind of um, uh, moment 
-hmm. uh, which has everything to do with your own experience because you've been there in a way mm -hmm. and you see it's possible for someone to regain hope or, or to or to for instance could be also just let it go D don't try to 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 don't think you are in control of of everything just let things go be be positive about it uh, because you don't know what is going to happen anyway me neither you know but just help them to have the right mindset mm -hmm. to face bipolar And when it leads to a, 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 a yeah a good result, so to say, um, this is for me the this is why, why I was born. You know, that's for me the main <laughs> thing. That's uh, yes. uh, because it's you know. Ah, that's so beautiful, so that's, and I love how I love the work that, especially with the coaching that you do for others living with bipolar, of being able to help them navigate to find that purpose and restore the hope back into them and really be that person to guide because you've had those experiences and you've been there. And I love that. So I just, I'm so excited to share this. And again, I wanted to thank you, Michelle, for coming out here. I know that we're in different parts of the world. I'm out here in Arizona and he is in yeah. Portugal and actually was born in Paris. So super cool. Yeah. So I want you to tell, tell everybody where they can find you to connect. Uh, they Can well, I've got um, uh, my my website is coachingbipolar.com, mm -hmm. very simple, and it's also my Instagram. It's uh, coaching underscore bipolar, and you find me as well. Perfect. That's I it. will be sure to share those in the show notes. And again, I want to thank you, Michelle, and everyone for listening and being here and tuning in to hear these incredible experiences and these powerful solutions for bipolar and how to help continuing doing the work to shatter the stigma. Before you go, I want to say thank you again for being here. It means the world to have you guys here. And what means so much to me is also hearing from you on Apple Podcast, where you can head over to leave me a review. If you scroll down, it, you can write a review where you can go ahead and write a review on your thoughts on the episodes, what you enjoy and what you would like to see more of there for me in that five-star review or whatever you would like to give. I wanted to go ahead and also read off a review here for you guys as well. That is five stars and says comforting and relatable. Paris inspires her listeners through discussing everyday thoughts and emotions in comforting and relatable ways. There are plenty of hardships that each of us endure day in and day out. And she does an extraordinary job in letting you know that you are not alone. You have power over your mind and the more initiative you take to work with that, the stronger you will be for it, both physically and mentally. And Paris continues to make sure you're aware of that definitely worth the listen. And I hope you learn something from it like I have. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Tyler Knight for leaving this review. And I would love to hear from you guys. So you can go ahead and head over there and leave a review. And if you would like to learn more about me and my story, you can go ahead and follow me where I'm most active on Instagram at master your mental. I also do have my story there as well, which is what inspired this entire podcast, which is called crooked illness lessons from inside and outside hospital walls, where I get into my own personal story and journey with bipolar and showing you all of the angles and things that have worked and have not for myself. So love you guys and hope that you enjoyed the episode. All right. See you next time. Bye.